In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. His fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. A number of years ago, I traveled with a group of Anglican seminarians to the cathedral in Canterbury, England. We didn't stay in Canterbury the whole time, Near the end of our pilgrimage, we traveled three hours north to visit the cathedral in Coventry, which was consecrated in 1962. It was built right next to the ruins of the previous cathedral that was bombed to pieces during the Second World War. After touring the new cathedral, I had a couple hours to kill. When I stepped outside, I noticed an imposing Gothic steeple set against the gray sky, not far from where I was, and I decided to head in its direction. It was beginning to rain, and I remember walking quickly. When I arrived at the church, it was open. I was the only one around. The church felt ancient and the light was dim. As I entered, I first noticed the high ceiling in the narthex. It was painted blue, and it looked to be covered in a millennium of soot. My eyes then dropped from the ceiling down to a painting I will never forget. The large painting covered the entire area above the archway leading into the dark, cavernous nave. I'm not someone who is easily moved by works of art, but as I gazed up, I shuddered with fear. The painting was of the last judgment. I later found out that the locals refer to this painting as the Coventry Doom. I clearly remember the faces of the damned, contorted with fear by their fate. As the doomed souls arose from their stone tombs, they were chased by demons into the gaping mouth of a monstrous green leviathan which writhed at the bottom of the painting. The damned were being funneled into the mouth of this fanged beast whose vacant eyes stared off into the distance. The scene was surreal and terrifying. The figures seemed to be taken straight out of a nightmare. This painting is obviously highly imaginative. It was meant to shock its medieval viewers, and it had its intended effect on me. For a moment, I became viscerally aware of how perilous life is and where it leads, either to eternal union with God or eternal separation from him. I saw with complete clarity that the time will come when I will be judged and when my fate will be decided once and for all. 
when the wheat will be gathered into the garner and the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. It would be easy to dismiss the painting's nightmarish imagery as simply fear-mongering, designed to keep the simple-minded on the straight and narrow. But we should remember Jesus' own vivid and difficult descriptions of the final judgment. He speaks of separating the sheep from the goats, and outer darkness, gnashing teeth, and eternal fire and affliction. Jesus' descriptions are also frightening. His imagery, like the painting, is intended to be a shock treatment. It's meant to jolt our souls to see what's at stake and to serve as a reminder that, in the words of C.S. Lewis, every moment of life is lived in the presence of the eternal. In every moment of life, we are advancing either to heaven or hell. The second coming of Christ and the final judgment might leave us paralyzed by fear. But that fear is quickly dispelled when we come to understand the one whom the Father has appointed as our judge. He is very different from a human judge. Our judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, literally bleeds for our innocence. He bleeds for all those he judges. He does not stand back and tally up our sins with a cold objectivity, but runs out to meet us with a robe and rings. He is our judge and also our strongest advocate. He is a judge who understands us inside and out and constantly works to bring us into the fold. He is a father judging his beloved children. He carefully pulls the weeds from our souls while preserving the weak. When we come before the judgment seat, we can rest assured that the one who sits atop it is full of both truth and love. The theologian Ben Myers writes that it is a great comfort to know that one day someone else will come and lovingly separate the good from the bad in our lives. The confession that Christ will come as judge is not an expression of terror and doom. It is part of the good news of the gospel. It is a joy to know that there is someone who understands the complexities and ambiguities of our lives. It is a joy to know that this one, the only one who is truly competent to judge, is full of grace and truth. He comes to save and not to destroy, and he saves by his judgment. Myers continues, Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. That will be the best thing to ever happen to us. On that day, the weeds in each of us will be separated from the wheat. It will hurt, no doubt it will hurt, when our self-deceptions are burned away. But the pain of truth heals, it does not destroy. 
As I stood in the church aghast at the damned souls cascading into the jaws of the monstrous beast, my eyes again moved upwards. Christ was seated on his throne at the pinnacle of the arch high above. His face was serene, and his hands were outstretched. Blood was pouring out of his open wounds in big droplets on those below. It rained down on those who approached his throne. They came before him stained by his loving sacrifice, anointed with his very life. With fear and trembling, we enter the season of Advent. It is a season of darkness and unknowing. We know very little about the judgment to come. It is a mystery to us until we stand before Christ's throne. But we know the one seated on the throne is the same one who was born as a helpless infant to save us from sin and death. We know that the one who will judge us is full of both truth and love. Let us pray. Merciful God, who did send thy messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.